Welcome to the Arlington Street Church podcast. Founded in 1729, Arlington Street continues today as a gathering place for progressive people of faith in the greater Boston area and beyond. We are located at the corner of Arlington and Boylston Streets, across from the Public Garden in Boston, Massachusetts. Please visit ASCBoston.org for more information about this historic Unitarian Universalist congregation. Arlington Street Church, gathered in love and service for justice and peace. What a year, and it isn't even entirely over yet. COVID-19, remote schooling, lockdowns, elections, national events, virtual church services, missing friends and family, and so much more. So many changes, so many losses, and so many adjustments. And the holiday season with so many traditions to navigate in new ways or to defer till another time. We all have a lot on our minds, too much for many of us, and our minds, often fueled by conscious or unconscious fears, seem to gravitate to scarcity, to what is missing, what might be lost. A scarcity mindset was an ancient survival mechanism when food and shelter were truly scarce resources for our hunter-gatherer ancestors. But now we can operate from a scarcity mindset when our most basic needs have actually been met. But we still look at life as if we never have enough or as a competition for resources. The good news is this mindset is not hardwired in us and can be changed. In my own life, I can see my mind slide into the scarcity mindset when I get mired in my disappointment about not seeing my daughter, in person at least, on recent holidays or anytime soon. But this isn't the only perspective I can take. It takes a little more effort to change my perspective and to be grateful that despite being a physician taking care of COVID patients all year long, she's healthy and while tired, sometimes even happy. My father frequently said, if you have your health, you have everything. I rolled my eyes every time he said this. But these words have new meaning now, and I am grateful as we approach a new year of hope for my own health and my daughter's health. An abundance mindset focuses on what is right about life, the unlimited goodness, mercy, kindness, and love all around us, all that is good in life. An abundance mindset doesn't deny the difficulty and challenges we encounter, doesn't deny our very real losses, frustrations, or the injustice in the world. But it can be a perspective that helps us see the abundance that does still exist for us. When life is messy, it's easy to forget that we always have within us the capacity for kindness, generosity, love, and compassion. We still have forgiveness, patience, and sometimes even joy. 
you no doubt can expand this list too. While much has changed this year, our capacity for unlimited kindness and love hasn't changed. While toilet paper and Clorox wipes might be scarce commodities, love is available to share in each moment. Lama Surya Das, who has visited us here at ASC, says, why do people hoard their love? Do they think they will run out of it? We sometimes can act like we will use up our love or not have enough if we share it more freely. If I decide to have a New Year's resolution this year, which is a big if, it might be to investigate this, to notice when and why I hold back from moments where I could express more love or compassion and to take more risks to do so. Fortunately, neurobiologists have found that there is a split second when we can decide to do something fresh or new instead of behaving in our ingrained behavioral patterns. We can choose to create more moments of loving kindness in the present moment. Many of us want our love, compassion, our generosity, maybe gratitude, or other aspects of our spirituality to arise naturally. And effortless moments of goodness and of the divine do arise. But most major traditions do have spiritual practices for a reason. Spiritual practices can help us stay connected with the sacred within and without. We can increase the frequency of sacred moments by practicing things like compassion and generosity. A great Zen master said that when enlightenment experiences happen, they are often accidents. He then added, spiritual practice can make us more accident-prone. Love is not something we can extract from the past, according to Reverend Wayne Mueller, author of Legacy of the Heart. He continues, when we look to the past for the love we may never have received, we remain forever entangled in regretful preoccupations with our childhood disappointments. On the other hand, love is equally impossible in the future and most of us spend a lot of time in the past or in the future. Regardless of how much we plan, scheme, and strategize about how we will arrange to be loved, how often do we feel cared about while dreaming of this future love? Our dreams of the future are far more likely to cause worry and anxiety as we perform our best orchestrations. Our only hope for love and kindness is today in this moment. What are we waiting for? How can we be kinder or more loving to ourselves today? What person or situation in our life today would benefit from a moment of loving kindness? Generosity isn't on back order either. Perhaps we've had more time to be generous as we find ourselves home more and many of us are decluttering and donating. 
Generosity has its roots in acknowledging the abundance we have and deciding to share it. But generosity doesn't require material goods or money. We can be generous with our time, our skills, our presence in ways I would suggest are more valuable than the material goods. Perhaps we have technology skills to share with someone, even simple skills. I have been amazed this year at how many people with iPhones have no idea how easy it is to use FaceTime to connect with the people they love. I encourage you to ask people if they know how to use FaceTime. And not just the older people, sometimes it's young people too. Or perhaps you have craft skills you take for granted, but would be a real blessing to share with someone suddenly at home with more time on their hands this winter. I'm hoping to finally learn how to knit. Or most importantly, we can be generous with the gift of our time to simply accompany each other by phone or text or writing a letter so people know we care. While our sanctuary is closed, we can be the living sanctuary for each other that we sing about each Sunday. And we don't have to wait for curbside pickup or a delayed Amazon delivery to access our unlimited supply of kindness and compassion. If we are mindful, we can notice when a kind word or a little patience will help improve someone's day. I have been on the phone seemingly forever, for 19 weeks with one organization, straightening out my old and new health insurance and navigating other paperwork related to recent changes in my life. This is often, almost always actually, a frustrating experience, but when I can acknowledge my own frustration or even anger sometimes, I can try to respond to the tired voices I am hearing with a small measure of kindness or compassion. I could hear the relief in the voice of a Blue Cross Blue Shield rep who was working from home when I suggested she take care of the crying baby I could hear in the background. She hesitated until I promised I would be very patient and that I would not complain. I can't claim to always be successful in being patient, but when I can, I am always glad that I could. I love reading about all the acts of kindness taking place all over the country. In Plymouth, where I live, the director of a local nursing home posted a request on the Plymouth Connection Facebook page. She asked people to send holiday cards to the residents to break up the loneliness and isolation. She didn't think that very many people would send cards to people that they didn't know. She recently posted her amazement and gratitude that over 2,000 cards were received and over 100 totally unexpected gifts had been delivered to. We also don't have to wait to access and express our gratitude. 
Gratitude is a quality we can cultivate and increase. It's another way to claim the goodness and the abundance in our lives. Gratitude helps remind us that the source of the goodness often lies partially outside ourselves. Being grateful can help us connect to something larger than ourselves, to create greater connections with other people, nature, or a higher power. It's often recommended that we make daily lists of 10 things we are grateful for, perhaps before bedtime, or that we keep a journal about what we are grateful for each day. I think this is a great idea, but I have a confession to make. I'm not a journal person. I have tried, but I admire you if you do this. But there is a related suggestion that appeals to me, a gratitude rampage. A gratitude rampage involves writing down everyone and everything you can think of, hear, see, taste, or touch that you are grateful for all at once. I might try this on New Year's if the holiday sadness starts to creep in again, or I might try it just for fun. I invite you to join me in a gratitude rampage. But although journaling isn't for me, I do try to be mindful of my blessings every day, to not miss them, and to be grateful for the small moments of joy as they happen, like the red maple directly in front of my kitchen window that was especially glorious this year or the antics of the crazy feral kittens, Apollo and Athena, who I adopted a few months ago. I watch as they explore and admire how they can make a toy out of anything, a screw found under a radiator, a sock, an empty paper bag, or the Christmas tree. I think I have a few videos that should be on TikTok of them in the Christmas tree. And of course, I'm grateful for friends, relatives, and neighbors, for each and every moment of connection. One of my own spiritual practices during the holidays is to write a letter, a real one, to one or two people who have been important in my life. I certainly try to thank people along the way, but sometimes we see the real impact someone has had on us later when we have grown or when we have a new perspective. I've been surprised at how often I have been told that these letters arrived at a difficult time and what a difference they made. While our intention when expressing gratitude is generally to benefit others, it is interesting to note the impact on our own state of mind. I recently read about a research study at the University of Pennsylvania where various interventions were tested to assess their impact on happiness. The bottom line was that one group was assigned to write and deliver a letter of gratitude to someone who had never been properly thanked for their kindness. These letter writers immediately exhibited a huge increase in their own happiness scores with the benefits lasting for a month. I invite you to join me in writing to someone in this new year. It seems to me that we have in this 
post-pandemic time even more than usual. Opportunities to practice our compassion, gratitude, generosity, to be more loving and patient, and so much more. I invite you to join me in committing to using these opportunities to put our faith into action now and in the new year. The Dalai Lama puts it this way, if you want others to be happy, practice compassion. If you want to be happy, practice compassion. To summarize, I offer these words from Fra Giovanni, a Franciscan friar, architect, and artist, written almost 500 years ago in the year 1513 as a holiday message to a friend. There is nothing I can give you which you have not, but there is very much, very much while I cannot give it, you can take. No heaven can come to us unless our hearts find rest in it today. Take heaven. No peace lies in the future, which is not hidden in this little present instant. Take peace. The gloom of the world is but a shadow. Behind it, yet within reach, is joy. There is radiance and glory in the darkness, could we but see. And to see, we have only to look. I beseech you to look. Take joy. Take joy. For our benediction, until we're here to hold hands again, you're invited to put your hands over your heart in namaste so that we can bow to the divine in each other. Love will guide us. The pandemic has tried us. Hope inside us will lead the way. Love will guide us on the road to healing and back to each other here at ASC someday. And remember, the service begins when the service ends. Happy, healthy New Year. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast. We would love to hear from you via email at office at ASCBoston.org or through our Facebook page. If you would like to support the good work of Arlington Street Church, please consider a contribution by checking the mail or through our website, ASCBoston.org.